We're back. Welcome to Print Your Games, the podcast about what's new and awesome in 3D printing for gaming. I'm one of your hosts, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, and I'm joined by... Kristen Sowers, also known as Seventh Mastery. Oh, Kristen. Mm-hmm. It... Just as when I thought we were done with any significant 3D printing news for the month. Um... Mm-hmm. Because we're we're moving into the holiday season. This is the time when all we should be talking about is sell, 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 sell. Which sales. Christmas to get for Christmas? What to buy for your three D printing van? You know these 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 types Don't worry. of content. Buying guide probably next week or two. Absolutely for sure, sure. And also the now that you've got your three D printer, what do you do with it? Episode we need to yeah. do one of those too. You know, yeah, all the annual. all the classics, all yeah. the classics. And uh, honestly, I hope that uh, we have many, many new members of the community that needs that sort of stuff. And also, this industry moves so fast that doing those, um, doing those con that content again is worth it because what i would say this year is entirely different than what we said last year for sure 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 and there's also just been new products new refinements Mm -hmm. you know everything gets tweaked get improved like you know i just uh for for an occasion that might be today uh was was gifted uh new duncan roads the the second ones you got so now i also have have yeah another set of duncan roads to play with so there's always something new I've been it's playing always... with Duncan Rhodes too. Um, yeah. I have to say that I actually really like these paints because they remind me a ton of working with Vallejo paints, but there's there's a little bit more pigment intense than that. Either. So, so, yeah, they feel it's like really... I'm getting a crossbreed between Pro Acryl and Vallejo, where I get the thick, juicy boys, uh, but also with the intense pigment count. Yes, uh, it, it feels a little thinner to me than either of them, but maybe that was just because mine were like so pressurized. The first ones I haven't played. Oh, that yet. was a problem with the first batch that's pretty mm-hmm. famous. And uh, I got to talk with uh, some of those crew and hear some fun stories. Um, uh, uh, like, like I won't go into any like things I shouldn't say, but I did get the fun chance to hang out with the crew behind that when I was at Spiel. Uh, so that was really fun. But yeah. like that first batch was just like was a little bit. They wanted to get as much paint in there as possible. Yes. Well, like I, I told you, like, and mm-hmm. I, I've I've now developed a a very hearty respect. You open that bottle and you are painting something because <laughs> that's you're coming out yourself. <laughs> it's coming out. I mean, it wasn't quite like you know uh, what was it the other one I popped open and squirted all over myself. But, no. But um, it was still pretty uh, impressive. Uh, yeah. force and pressure but i like how much you can get these thin like they thin for days i'm sure they do i mean i feel like you have to thin like i'd probably use oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wet wet or something with them with these. to get them down to the point where i could use them on any sort of washing level because they were so strong i think i both i think i mentioned both with with uh, dry brushing and washes they were just too pigmented like mm-hmm. they were so yeah anyway uh, my got only... a lot of people in chat yeah, we got tons of people in chat. We've got six kind of sorcery. We got James. We got David. We got Samaflange. Mm-hmm. And that's everybody that's chatted so far. Hey, welcome to the show. If you've got any questions or comments, get them out. We'll answer them throughout the show because we record this live in front of a live audience. 
no caffeine required. I was going to say Twitch audience like I usually did uh, back in the days, but uh, Twitch is the one platform this show doesn't go out on right now. Actually, it's been going on my Twitch, but it isn't tonight for Mm. reasons. Um, Because I'm I'm so close to affiliated on that channel that I have to have like a certain number of viewers. Mm -hmm. And since not many of my people know about the show, they don't recognize it when they see it. Polite clapping. Mm. Nice. Um, so I, I need to make sure that I have a lot of people like prepped to go. And I did not, I came in from uh, dinner and was like seconds to, to uh, get here. So I didn't have time to be like rally, rally the, uh, mandatory viewing that you require. If you're are lit. Rohan yes, but, calls for aid. Yes. Yes. Uh, I got that quote wrong. It's, you uh, were close enough. Yeah, the spirit yeah. was there. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, know, but I shouldn't get a, I shouldn't get a loader quote wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, technically the movie did. Oof, fair enough. So, you know, it's it's like that Magic the That's Gathering. That's a reinterpretation. Magic the Gathering uh, com- commercial about uh, you shall not pass. Because mm-hmm. it's not that. Anyway. Are you there? Are you okay? Me? I'm here. Yeah. We had a little bit of a glitch going on. Oh, see, I, I I quoted the Lotro thing that's wrong in the movie, and even the speaker gasped. It was like, oh. uh, so we oof, big oof. printers. Big printers that is what I wanted to talk about today. Big expensive printer. Big expensive printers. Like we talked about big FD-owned printers before. Yes, this is. But I mean, it's been a while. It's yeah. been a while since it's we've been talked about big resin printers. Now, I blame Critical Role for that, by the way. Anyway, you blame Critical Role for big resin printers? No, when you said it's been a while, I I did the little Travis Willingham singing the "It's been a while" bit from um, "It's been a while." I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Resin printers, go. Big resin printers. So resin, it's expensive stuff. Get yep. them cheaper every day. I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost to the point that it's almost as cheap as filament, with especially it's, with it's some getting of the darn close. Yeah, it's darn it's $16 close. Sixteen dollar bottles of Sudlu. Yep, yep. That's less than I pay for my uh, filament rolls. Sure, but. You know, we need to make the printers bigger, so you have to use lots of it. <laughs> so traditionally, resins where you go to get your high-detailed small objects mm-hmm. or, or stuff you need super good clean finishes on, and then FDM is where you go when you want dimensional accuracy and huge big old objects. And then, and then, and you know, to be fair, we've now got FDM printers that like can print a life-size you. Mm-hmm. We've got FDM printers that can print a life-size house. Sure. Use deposition uh, manufacturing is a versatile technology, and it yep. does its job well. They're printing spaceship parts, Kristen. Mm-hmm. They're doing all sorts of fun things with that technology. Sure. But the resin side of the house, there have been big resin printers before. Um, before the resin revolution, it was mainly like very large industrial kind of capacity stuff. Printers that cost $10,000 or more to get like nice big build plates that you can print off hundreds of parts at the same time so that you could mass manufacture uh, print on demand materials. That's kind of the market that that was like a lots of like tiny little car parts or mm-hmm. like some of the things that would show off with that material or medical grade stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
uh, when you go to like the 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 manufacturing uh, conventions, they'll often show that sort of stuff off, and it's fun, it's neat. And then, of course, the Elegoos and the in the consumers, uh, the prosumer, I guess, at this scale, prosumer, yes, side I of mean, things, the hobbyist yeah. level individuals market. Uh, eventually, they released the Jupiter for the Elegoo. It was like, hey. We've got this big old printer, and the Jupiter was released forever ago. <laughs> and it was a low-resolution machine. Um, it was... Oh, it was big. It was big. It was big. Yeah. You had a nice 12-inch build plate. Mm -hmm. Holes in the build plate for some reason. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. And splash resin all over the place. It's uh you have when you print big resin, uh there's there's lots of unique things that have but then it's been a long time since there's been, nobody's tackled that that same challenge in a while. Mm -hmm. And then this year, two new contenders to the hobbyist large format resin have come to play. Uh Elegoo is releasing an update to the Jupiter called the Jupiter SE, which is that brings special in... edition or what is that SE? Do we know? Who knows? It's 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 Elegoo. They'll it's just uh, roll super some... extra. They just yeah. They just grab some alphabet soup and then just throw it on All the right. screen. And that's Se. Yeah. Se. Okay. Yeah. What's 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 the score there? Um. So Jupiter Se and then Frozen has the Sonic Mega 8KS 15 inch LCD. Jupiter SE is 12.8 inches. We're getting a little bit bigger than the old Jupiter. Sure. Um, we're getting a higher resolution screen there. But what basically all at once, we're getting two big format resin printers coming back to play. Um, I guess because I think that like what I used to call large format resin printers are now calling them. They're now calling them medium format. The, the 10 inch, the 11 inches, the Saturns, the, 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 uh, and the megas and all that jazz. And so that market seems to be pretty settled. Like the, the Saturn ultra is a really nice machine. It's competition is really nice. Um, that that's, there's a lot of really good printers that it's just quality of life features at this point being added to it, competing on resolution with even more and more resolution on that size is probably not going to yield noticeable improvements so of course if we want to break new ground we need bigger ground mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do you think i think they're really big i think i don't know i i i, I still okay we talked about this when the jupiter came in the first place right 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 um, I, couldn't, I couldn't honestly recommend the jupiter because it was lower resolution than some of the new printers that came out Right. At the same time, uh, the Saturn just looked like a better choice overall. Uh, yep. Higher resolution. This Saturn one, by the way, we're not talking about Saturn twos or threes. Right. Um, Which are awesome. But yeah, we're not talking about that. Um, and also at the time, printing with large format was unreliable. Like it was slower printing. Uh, it was unreliable printing. You have a lot more failures. And then when you're printing at that volume, your failures are very expensive because it's like a bottle of resin like if you if you get like halfway through a project that needs a printer that big you've dumped more more a bottle of resin at the minimum into it oh yeah yeah and maybe more yeah i mean even full tanks on a saturn will, will eat half a bottle yeah. so that thing's just huge um but i still 
question why I need it like that. I mean, I guess maybe, okay. Like if I'm printing uh, mini monster mayhems mo mo monsters mm -hmm. and I want them to be on the whole plate mm -hmm. together, like built mm -hmm. or Lord of the Print. Right. Well, from a gaming perspective, like this isn't what I'm going to go to to print minis unless I'm going to print a lot of minis because th that's one thing they do like to show off with these printers. Yes, like, yes. There's we that. Print a hundred Kriegsmen on one plate. One plate. Yeah, I did see that yeah. shot. It's gorgeous looking, by the way. It's, it's very satisfying. Game. It's mm -hmm. just perfect lines and yeah. Yeah. And but like the same reason you I wanted a, an FDM printer. Like there's you want you want to print bigger things. Like sometimes you want some to will something into existence that is bigger than you can print on a resin printer. Um, you could totally print accessories and and mm -hmm case like some of the things that like we would want to print on the fdm printer like terrain like those build your own miniature storage cases and stuff uh sure lots of reasons you'd want to print big now like we've we've conditioned our brains into thinking like oh we only need this many minis we or maybe we'll print a big dragon on this thing but once you start removing limitations you get you start opening your brain up to thinking about different possibilities entirely what would what would you be doing? And hi Rick, uh, Rick Grayson just joined. Oh gosh, like suddenly like really complicated like templates and movement trays are really cool. Like okay. really high detailed um, objects, decorative objects suddenly become in the play. Like if I'm going to be like building like cool custom game tables and stuff like that, sure. I can think of like really cool corner pieces and decorative items and, and inlays, like, really might custom be neat. stuff. And gosh, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. So some uh, maybe the magic magic gathering uh counters and you know maybe even a deck box although i would probably still lean fdm for that i don't know a lot of terrain options become open to possibility there um the idea of doing like the um what was it exteriors interiors from cast and play mm -hmm. and just like doing the whole thing the whole set on one mm -hmm. plate's pretty appealing yeah um like a lot of things I would go to with my FDM printer are printable on these machines, especially the mega, uh, the 15 inch mega. Uh, we'll, we need to go into specs there, but like anything you want big, but you also want really crispy, cool details because as much as I love FDM printing, even at like high detail settings, you can still see the layer lines. Oh yeah. yeah. And it doesn't bother me as much, especially when I get cool things, but it bothers a lot of people. Like well, I've been I... getting into retro console modding and stuff mm -hmm. like that, printing console shells and like custom electronic enclosures and stuff suddenly become open without having layer lines or anything like that. I, uh, I definitely do think that I have to spend more time on my paint jobs with mm -hmm. FTM to get them satisfied. And I oftentimes have to do more base coding and can't do as many tricks to like save time because I feel like I am compensating for those layer lines a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and that's why like FDM, like a lot of people have leaned into items that benefit from those layer lines, like rough sure. terrain and rocks and stone texture, industrial stuff. Like stuff. Yeah. yeah. Stuff that looks nice yeah. Like that. yeah. But like, even I love like, for all my basing bits and like I'm printing up like a ton of this dinosaur terrain. Like I've leaned into like a lot of the resin options, the cast and play stuff, the other stuff, like not talking about. Other stuff not talking about. Yeah. And like 
I like having that extra detail. I like having trees that don't have lines on them in the wrong direction. Oh yeah, no, my uh, I did the resin. Um, okay, it's a uh, print your monsters. Uh huh. Has a just like plants and mm-hmm. it's just plants. Yeah, and, it's little and, plant. they, and those things are fantastic. They're all pre hollowed, which mm-hmm. saves a ton of resin. And those things look gorgeous. I did a bunch of those. I don't know if you remember when I did that Feywild set. So they're all like pink and purple and looks like like a slightly dangerous Dr. Seuss. Because <laughs> it also had these big thorny like vine pieces that would like grow out from the bases. And you you could scatter it to make it look like it was growing through any part of the, the board. And it was neat. Actually, it was. I still have them. But anywho. Oh, another cool thing to print. I also remember the other big advantage of resin is all those cool things we were printing in FDM. Even with if even with all these new FDM printers that print five times, ten times faster than the other FDM printers, they got nothing on the speed of a resin printer. Just think sure. about how rapidly you could pump out. Like, you know, if you were doing paint storage racks for your cool new uh, two thin coats, sure, you could sure. just burst those out in a day. Well, that that uh, only one dimension mattering for speed is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. So, and the bigger the plate, the more you get done in just the same amount of speed. If if you just had the money in your pocket right now, would you buy the frozen? Would you? Would what would you do? I. It's two things that need to happen with these big printers, which is why we need to. Is a big printer right for you? Is a conversation <laughs> to have here. If the. A lot of people, uh, especially over the last year, be like, I'm getting into printing. Is a Jupiter a right choice? Before the Jupiter refresh, the answer was, as your first printer, no. <laughs> and now it's still no. no probably not, not as your first printer. Not as your no, first printer. I would say if you're maybe running a print shop, like a, uh, you have merchant licenses and you're. I hope that if you're going to jump into a print shop, it's not, you're, you're going to. St- have a little bit more print experience before you decide to make this a business. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Although I know I'm going to take, not gonna, I'm not going to pull that back. I had two people ask me last year, Hey, you know, I have X number of dollars. I want to start a print farm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool. Like what, what do you print on now? I don't. I'm like, the so you have zero 3d printing. Yeah. And yeah. I've already got the merchant licenses. I'm like, wait, you've been buying merchant licenses for patrons. He's like, yeah, for like a year now. And I'm like, you know you don't you don't have any idea what you're gonna do you don't even know if you like it i don't understand that level of like i i I applaud people trying to do cool things i'm gonna say the fomo probably right they don't want to miss always when you're getting into any business getting educated don't jump into this blind my friends yeah i'm like if you want to start a print farm that's great i still wouldn't recommend one of these printers as your first printer because Resin printers are easy to break. They are. They're oh yes. You you might I don't know. Not understand how screen the screen protector could benefit you and, <laughs> and put resin all over your LCD. And then then you might think I could scrape that off. It can't be that stuck and ruin your LCD in a couple minutes. Yep. I am the cautionary tale, folks. They've gotten more reliable that I would say like it's not as terrible idea to have a mid-range printer as your first printer. Like Sure. I, I would actually at this point recommend someone just start with Saturn, honestly, yeah, yeah. unless unless you just need little minis. Like if you're just a player, mm-hmm. you just think it's cool to print your one one dude. Mm-hmm. Sure. Get yeah. get your little guy. 
But, and the Mars 3 Pro for 150 bucks is, 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 is still a great way to start. Sure, sure. And you know, just get a couple minis. You could probably even take care of your whole party, you know, pretty mm-hmm. easily. Um, especially like, you know, if you just really want to keep it stripped down, Mars 3, get a membership to Eldritch Foundry or Hero Forge or whatever. And you're good to go. You have like 100 and 160 bucks in, buy some resin, and you're you're printing minis for your party. But 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 this isn't your first printer. You've got a printer. You have a Mars. You have a whatever. You've got the any cubic. You've got a whatever, and and you know what you're doing with printing is a big resin printer right for you. Well, now you need to ask where you put your big printer. That is a really great question because honestly, even the Saturn mm-hmm. is kind of right at because I didn't realize, and, and you know, especially with uh, FDM, but even with resin, you got to have stable surfaces. You got to have actually level surfaces mm-hmm. things liquid go... knows what level is yes liquid will will let you know if you are uh overestimating the evenness of your you know guest bedroom floor for mm-hmm. instance that oh, might have goodness. happened um yeah yeah so i would i would say putting our big big boy um you know uh, if like i had this great idea this is there's my large format printer you know, whatever for FDM was the size of this little perfect little desk I had. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, that had a slinging problem because it was so darn right. big and it would vibrate and fail and fail and fail and fail. That thing needed to be on a floor or on mm-hmm. concrete, on a big stable metal table. And, and you're doing the th- uh, resin. It's not going to be quite as prone, mm-hmm. but it's still going to be sensitive to, to the, it the situation. Not really. No. Um, no, uh, the printers do fine on shaky surfaces. The the, the big ones, yeah, bed slingers do fine. Oh, but then it, those are those are designed for it. My old one did not. Uh, so, but even then, you talk about all the space you need for 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 big format FDM printers. You need to triple that for resin printers because you need the space for the printer. Then you need the space for the whatever you're going to clean that print bed's worth of print in. And then you need a cure chamber big enough for it to hold that, whatever you printed on in that. And I mean, like it's, it's, I noticed the, I noticed the size upgrade needed when I switched from a Mars to a Saturn and, and, and was a much bigger improvement in, in space needed. And it sure as heck, like at first I was able to like my Saturn and the cleaning station I had all fit on like one neat little TV tray table in like in my little workroom. And then when I had to upgrade to the, sorry, my Mars. And then when I upgraded the Saturn, I needed a whole desk area set up for it with like a wraparound place and a separate place to store stuff. When you kick that up to like a plate that takes two freaking hands to pull off the bed, and you're going to need like a tub of isopropanol yeah, to clean or, that in. Or like, like a five gallon bucket. Yes, monster uh, mm-hmm. washing machine goes with it if you're getting the branded one, right? Like you're still going to probably even more, need more space. So, yep. And and everything is exaggerated when you go bigger. Now, you, there's all these cool advantages, but I'm just like, don't be, know what you're jumping into. Like, when you have a failure on a bigger printer, it is oh, a gosh. much bigger mess to clean up. It's much more expensive. It's I, much, I, when you have to change that FEP, oh, Troy H in chat agreeing with me in here. Yes, yes, yes. When you have to change that FEP, 
Oh my gosh, do I know every single, I count, I, I feel every single screw I have to unscrew on my Saturn compared to the old Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks like downgraded from a Saturn 1 to, is it two Mars 4s? says to mark two a mars force but then says doesn't mind um mul multiple print jobs so i'm wondering i, I guess it could be one after another yeah, though could it okay yeah 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 so well, like, then that would be tiny space requirements for which sure. is not to dissuade anybody from doing it just like get aware of what you're getting into it's like the difference between buying a puppy and buying a pony so it's two different levels of commitment there. That's a big difference. <laughs> a puppy and a pony. I think it's more like buying a poodle and buying a mastiff, but maybe puppy and pony. I, I have a mastiff and I love him. Yeah, I, I didn't say you shouldn't love your mastiff, but it, uh, he isn't fitting where the poodle goes. The chihuahua you're, you're not, takes more work. You're not putting that in your purse at Paris Hilton. You know, you're you're. <laughs> that's not happening. Oh. So what do we get? What do we get when we upgrade to the big boys? What do we get when we get a Jupiter or a Frozen? Let's start with the Jupiter because it's the smaller of the two. It's 12.8 inch screen, 6K resolution now. So, hey, yep. we're getting a little bit better resolution. It's still not great resolution when you talk about that size, but at least it's not low resolution. Um, you're getting a... 277 by 156 print area 300 tall again mm -hmm. tall is less important i guess in this case when you're printing big things you actually start caring about that tall sure because that's that's still kind of close to some of the other not huge printer tall comp, uh, abilities mm -hmm. um and uh air purifier built in okay i was about to say james mentioned ventilation so i was I was curious if uh, they had good filters. So, yeah, it uses the four point leveling system that's on the, all like the actual bolts and stuff, uh, all that fun stuff there. It's okay. got the new Elegoo diffused array that is getting better print jobs than the old way they were distributing the light that's been showing up on their Mars 4s, their Saturns, the right. even one of the old versions of the, of the old Saturn had it. So, it's nice to see that, especially since the resolution is not going to be as crisp as we we're going to get it's good to have as good a quality print as possible with that mm -hmm. and of course it's got a new um resin feeding system because when you're printing objects that big that are going to take more than one bottle of resin to print because of how big they are mm -hmm. you need to keep adding resin to the tank and that's yeah. non-trivial because like i've had complete print failures when i've found out i needed to top up and oh, lots yeah. of things can happen when you're mixing a new resin into the new old resin. resin. Like temperature like difference. Yep. Boom. Yep. What cause a failure? Like maybe you didn't get it shake up enough. Maybe this resin's not a good match to your other resin. Or if you're having to you mix from one type to the other. Are panicked and realize you're using mystery soup and it wasn't well mixed. <laughs> Yeah. And even if even when it succeeds, you will often notice like a line right where that resin changed on the model. So if you aren't painting it, then you you will have like a visible line on the model oh. where the resin change happened. Did you see six guns here? Uh resolution doesn't mean squat, he says. Uh pixel density does. Interesting. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Which is why I mentioned that for the size, it's not that great. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, I noticed that everybody else is bragging on how many macrons the resolution is, and they're not doing that on this one. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> no. 
they know. They, they know. Yeah, yeah, especially when you got 8K printers on like tiny screens now. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Yeah. Um, so all nice, but I will note that I was like, well, how much bigger is that than the Saturn III Ultra? Because the those have been growing in size. They've been pushing the build plate. And the Saturn III Ultra 12K is a 10-inch screen that is 218 by 122. So that's, you lose 50 on the X and 25 on the Y. So you're basically losing two inches in one direction and an inch in the other which is significant, but this isn't the humongous jump that it would have been back when this was a nine inch screen compared to a 12 inch, uh, almost 13 inch screen, which is why I don't know that this is a good upgrade. Like it's, 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 you're getting a, you're getting a bit more elbow room. Sure. It's not like a Mars to a Saturn where you were getting literally three print plates worth. So do you getting a bit, we've seen generational shifts in these where we get like a, a special edition or a, 4k right. or an 8k and it's actually just a transitional model mm-hmm. but this Kinda is all new case so like yeah. it's all new enclosure uh yeah i, I do imagine that this, but this isn't called the jupiter 2 for a reason we're going to get a jupiter 2 it's going to have uh-huh. a lot more features in it the old yeah. jupiter was not mono this is a mono screen so it's going to be sure. able to print faster it's going to be able to print uh longer which if which and also the new jupiter se is only Seven hundred dollars. I mean, only, only, quote, only. Although, Which then given, move given, over to Frozen's yeah. toy, Frozen ain't joking. They no. are bringing a fifteen-inch printer to the market. Yes, fifteen hundred dollars. Big ask, but that's a big increase. Yeah. And its build volume, let me find it here. They were listing it in centimeters, as you should when they're that big. Uh, So it is 33 centimeters by 18.5 centimeters by 30 centimeters. So significantly bigger than the 10-inch screens. Like, we're having nice volumes here. We're having good print volumes. We're having a big increase um only 30 centimeters tall so same tall as the others yes yeah uh it's saying it's printing 600 layers an hour on, on its average printing speed so pretty nice you get the mono screen you get the resin feeding system uh you get all the filters you get all the fun stuff that you're expecting on the modern printer these days and they also have released matching wash and cure stations oh wow again Right to right at the okay, that's cool. Big needs big. Big needs big, yeah. Is it is it uh I guess it would be. Never mind. Uh, answering my own I, question. I actually dread the the cost of all the alcohol that it's gonna take to fill that cure. Seriously, right? Like we need to try um what, what's his name's uh solve there with the with the um the where it gathers all your resin out of the alcohol. Oh shoot. I am blacking out on who it was. I know it was one of the people in chat. The cool thing about there's also some like real neat quality of life. So the Mega has the whole build, the holes in the build plate. The 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 Jupiter didn't have the holes in the build plate. Um, mm-hmm. So you're having that again. So you know, just be causing that that you put nice rafts on your things because you're gonna need some floaty things. Uh, if you have a support going to nowhere. 
just be put be, rest be, be cautious mm-hmm. um it's the the jupiter has moved from opening doors from the old one to actually a two handles on a giant lift off lid yeah gives you easier access to the area the the old drawer yeah. the door system was a problem for people but boy sometimes it's, you have a hard time knowing where to put down that big old lid amen even the saturn lid sometimes i'm like wait i've already this other thing you know that i was working on here on this desk and i didn't clean it off first it's just suddenly like ah where do i put it oftentimes the, it goes upside down the frozen has a lift up and over lid that clears the sides and the front so it's not the drawer the doors the cabinet door situation so this gives uh-huh. this this seems like an overall better situation but that does mean that you need like plenty of clearance around the printer it's not just sure, the, the, sure. the seating so it's got to be out from the wall quite a bit too right they built in a little hanger to drain the build plate which because when your build plate is this big draining that excess resin becomes important because that's a whole Mars is worth of print volume that you're just draining sure. off those not Krieg soldiers. I just take the Saturn tray and turn it sideways and hang it over the mm-hmm. slide it right back on the peg since it's still a square. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all in all, basically you're getting one you're kind of, they, these are going to print slower. These are going to print at lower resolutions than we're used to with these really nice sub 19 micron printers. Um, you're, this, these are basically going to be printing at generation two resolutions. So we're talking about the Mars two and the original yeah. Saturn. Um, Just a lot bigger, a lot more stuff, a lot, a lot larger things. Still better than uh, FDM. Yeah, sure, sure. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know that I moved. Mm-hmm. I want to be moved, but I don't know that I moved. I, if I had the room for it, I would totally, and I had the money for it. That's about to say the money before the room for me. To have the Frozen Sonic Mega 8K. Yeah. I think that's a significant bump in print volume and the quality of life features are wonderful. Um, That's great. I will mention, we talked about the the resin feeding systems. These in the past have been hit or miss with how Mm -hmm. effective and reliable they are. Sure. Also, because it is basically resin pump, these, these are both pumping resin um that means that you have to clean it out of all the resin inside the the cleaning the pump itself periodically uh, right and resin is that means basically you're running alcohol through it because and these are cleaning fluid tank through. not cartridge right uh tank right i think so i'm confused like it's a reservoir, extra reservoir that pumps in there. Not yes, a... you are providing the resin. This is not yeah, a cartridge yeah, yeah. resin it's, system. Yeah, because yeah. we do, we do have seen the cartridge ones. Uh, David says he sent something to you, or to you. So you should check. Okay, I'll check it when you yeah. get a moment. Um, the original Jupiter's solution to this was the same solution for my dog's water bottle, where you just screw a <laughs> bottle of resin in, and then just. It uses the the liquid like an IV. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, <laughs> it's the goo IV. No, no, like where the lip is below the water surface level, so only when it drops below that does it allow more liquid yeah. to escape okay. the bottle. So like my my cat tower, my cat. Yeah, water yeah, it's a cat. It. Like, yeah, yeah. My dog water dish is handled yeah. the same amount of sophisticated technology as, as my, my resin reservoir. Nice. The new one has a resin pump. Honestly, with how unreliable those first generation resin pumps were. I might have preferred the dog bottle approach. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's hard to hard to argue with 
an analog thing that's not going to clog up or something. Uh, where Juan, did you send it, David? Don Juan says, uh, rocking a Mars 3 Po, and it's been great. Would love a way to hang the build plate, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of, of, of a print we haven't talked about on the show because I've never done it, but a lot of people will print a little add on to the print plate that will allow you to do that with any printer. Like there's what name you just type in your printer on Thingiverse, and there's usually an adapter that you can screw onto your print plate that lets you pull it off of your your printer, shift mm -hmm. it at an angle, and then slide that adapter onto the peg so it will drain off at an angle. Hmm. <laughs> I never printed one of those because I never minded the the drippy resins. Though now that I'm switching to more of these quote unquote speed resins, mm -hmm. there's they're so much thinner uh -huh. than the the normal resins we were used to dealing with. So they are extra droopy drippy. So they are a bigger mess uh, to deal with. Huh? Um, they're extra droopy droopy drippy, but are they thinner? Do they run? Yeah, they're, that's why they're, their viscosity yeah. is thinner. They have a but thinner I, just, I feel like I feel like that, that would drain faster than it's, it, it doesn't not. does. But that means that if you just get the print done and then you you pull it off the printer and uh -huh. also keep in mind it's hanging there flat. So it's hanging onto that resin a lot more. You put it in an angle to encourage it to drip. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then you pull it off and then like it drips it just, more. It's, it's just going. Yeah. yeah it's, okay. It's, so it's a little bit more messy to with these thinner resins than it is like the thick boy resins um, but it. because they're thinner they're able to flow under your big old build plates faster which by the way is why they have holes I, I joked about why does it have holes it has holes in it to make it easier for the resin to flow under the build plate between printing layers faster hmm. looks like a straw pulling from the bottle cleaning thing yeah the cleaning thing was what i was talking about oh i'm sorry david i, I don't I don't quite have that in my short-term memory at the moment, so I'll have to tap that later. There's I do remember memory. it being rather brilliant. Yes, and it supposedly works quite well. Um, I was talking to James about it the other day, so I'm curious if he'll remember. He might not either. So we got big printers and big... Yeah, so are we going to see more big printers? I think we will absolutely see more big printers soon. Uh, Jupiter 2 is going to happen um for sure uh i think other people are going to start competing in the space because the other spaces are pretty locked up like not that you know they're basically quality of life features is where that advantage is going to happen with the smaller printers mm -hmm. the, the the sub seven inch printers like you know your marses and, and such they're going to be just more quality of life features there's there's no discernible advantage to making those any more higher resolution it would be insane uh, the mid-format printers are kind of reaching that space with these 12K printers. It's getting that sub-19 microns. They're all getting the same quality of life features that the other, the smaller printers are getting. This is pretty much the only, not the only place, but one of the more obvious places to try to improve and compete in that's going to make you stand out. Hmm. So one of these days, that does mean that one of these giant printers are going to be in the sub-$500 bracket. Oh, yeah, it's coming. It's got to be, right? I mean, it might be like right at 500 for a while, but I'm it's, yeah. I'm still mm -hmm. disappointed though, because there's there's a certain benchmark for me that I'm looking for, Yeah, which is when in every direction, it's 210 in every direction at least. Hmm. 
because then stuff that was designed for Ender threes. So a mm -hmm. lot of the FDM gaming terrain assumes Ender threes is the standard printer, and they slice to that size. So a lot of your gaming terrain is all sliced to fit on Ender threes. Mm -hmm. Once you have the resin printers able to print at least an Ender three bed plate, that means that all of that now becomes resin printable. Sure. Yeah. And right now, even on the big fifteen inch, it's just it's thirty. Um, it's the uh, not 30 it is 300 off ah, no it's yeah yeah it's 30 millimeters it's three centimeters shy on its shortest side to being able to print an ender three which three centimeters doesn't sound like a lot but, but that is. is a lot when you're trying to do that so a lot of things would print nice on it but like not everything mm -hmm. and you have to slice things in half and then yeah you do other things and and you know your mileage may vary there i am still not great at slicing a pre-existing model i can fuse models and build them together nicely mm -hmm. but i i have only split successfully like one or two models that i was really happy with how the join looked later i've been seeing a really neat trick on uh, some of the terrain printing places uh-huh um one of the things i like to do when i do my foam crafted houses and stuff like that is i don't want to pull the roof off and then play on the inside of the walls i pull the walls and roof off and have a flat floor to play on because it's easier to um easier to reach and read the same reason i like doing short walls for dungeon terrain and stuff like that so like the the instead of like the wall lifting off up top the the seam is at the bottom so i've seen some people taking 3d printable terrain and then splitting it like before they print it at the the floor joist like a little bit above so that you get like know where the wall is so you get the short wall effect and then printing it in two pieces one just the floor to that point then the walls uh up to that point and then printing the roof and then gluing the roof to the wall instead of the other way around so that you have lift off floors and then boom you're good to go um Kristen, you there Is anybody in chat still there? Or did I just lose internet? I think I just lost internet. Or I lost Kristen. I lost Kristen. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's see if we can get him back. But we are getting pretty late in this episode. Anybody got any questions about this cool stuff? Yeah, so I do think that, uh, so that's a really neat trick. And I'm wanting to do some more of that because like it, we've done things a lot because we're used to the way it's been done in gaming stuff to, for, for ages. It's easy to pull roofs off of things and look down in them and like see the cool things. But like, but I like that with 3D printing and rapid prototyping, we're starting to see evolutions in, people trying new ways of doing this gaming because you're allowed to experiment. You are allowed to, um, you are allowed to try new things without having to risk an entire company, without having to risk uh, a whole weapon, a whole development cycle, get thousands of stuff printed off uh, or manufactured in China and moved over. Uh, and, the, and so the safe old ways of always doing things aren't always the thing. So seeing cool things like, 
the implied walls, the stages, the turntable terrain, and like people just like custom making their houses where the lids lift off. It's just another way that having these printers in our lives are going to make our lives better because we have printers and also help us discover new ideas in gaming in general that we will get to share uh, with other people as that tech and as these discoveries and as we discover new ways of fun ways of doing things um, that then can be trickled down into traditional manufacturing for every gamer to get their hands on. I had no idea what just happened. <laughs> what yeah, mean? you just froze up and then just gone. So the so funny I had thing to is, carry the episode for a little bit there. It looked like you froze froze up. So I was vamping to no one for like you know a couple minutes before I was like, he's not gone. I'm gone. Damn it! So, <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, sorry about that, my friend. All right. Uh, well, let's, but speaking yeah. of innovative, cool new ideas that resin, uh, not resin, but 3D printing makes possible. Mm -hmm. You brought a campaign to my attention. Yes, yes. I actually mentioned this one a couple, I want to say a couple weeks back um, when it was on pre-market. Um, everybody knows I have been begging the community to get on making spell effects minis. Mm -hmm. And uh, not only did someone do that, uh, they, they did one better. Um, they're calling them interactive minis. There is a set of miniatures with this frontier that look pretty good. They look pretty great. Um, but, uh, it's the base. The little base thing has plugs that are little hex plugs that you print little pieces for, and the pieces can be numbers. They can be condition tokens. They can be walls of fire or shield spells. And, and the spell effects look pretty tight. I'm actually very impressed with them, but I've been asking for something like this for years. Um, and I hope it's not their last effort because it's great, but I could see like, it's the sort of thing you could infinitely expand upon. Right. Yeah, and everybody knows. Like, I, I mean, uh, I like facing rolls. I know a lot of people hate facing, but like, I like facing. And in wargaming, facing is important. So you've got it looks like because of the hex setup and the general orientation of things, you've got at least six faces on the base, maybe, maybe even eight. I think you get uh, eight. Yeah, so you've got that's compass rows then. So you can do all sorts of facing stuff. You, you know, um, right now we're we're using um, printed rings with color on them. So like. Mm -hmm. They're basically like, you know, we, we can throw and, and, you know, it's it's OK. Um, you know, we've got like 12 knolls on the battlefield and then there's the pink ring knoll and the green ring knoll and everything. But it does kind of look like someone's been playing like some sort of ring toss game, in, like in the middle of combat. <laughs> like I remember when fourth edition came out and tracking conditions was so much more important than previous edition. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The Everybody was like, just take the rings off of all your pop bottles and then just drop them on your minis. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and then they came out with, I, I think they were kind of clever little um, token sets that you could get per class mm -hmm. and stuff. And, you know, I mean, it was smart on them because it was another thing they could market. But this right here looks like it, it you know, it's going to work for so many systems. It's going to work for so many different things. Um, obviously, I'm since the little hex plug thing that they all operate off of looks pretty simple to figure out, you could probably even do your own custom stuff. Oh, it would be infinitely easy to just customize compatible yeah. shapes with this it's just also, a stick in a hole yeah and i also adore the um the little numbers and stuff honestly though you could even just take existing stuff mm -hmm. yeah and, and and just adhere them on you could just smash the tubes like me at my hackiest stl skills <laughs> could just grab something and smack it onto that peg you know mm -hmm. 
That's a fun idea. Yeah, no, I love it. And uh, the spell effect thing, the thing I'm excited by is only 29 bucks to get in on. If you want the minis on top of that, it's like 50 something. Yeah. Um, it, there is an early bird situation, so you probably want to do it soon. Um, otherwise, it goes up to 65, I think, mm-hmm. for late late adopters. It, it, it is packaged with a set of what I would consider like a quote unquote starter set of RPG minis. It very much looks like a, a welcome. A because like the one dragon is a Dracolich. Yeah, which is yeah. not your most common dragon. Although his breath weapon is like a fire skull, which I'm, it does I'm look cool. The dragon does pretty hype have a about cool breath effect. Yeah, the, the fire skull is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the minis are of nice quality. They're so like they're not low quality minis, so they're nice. But the the their unique draw really is the the spell effects thing. That's the that's the innovation here. I've seen similar things happen like this. Um, I've seen a few different like like stacking rings that had like the thing attached to it so that you could like spread them around the mini yeah. before. Yeah. I definitely saw a elegant solution for it. And I saw the, like a generic base that goes on the bottom of things that looked pretty good. And it was clearly 3d printed, but um, I, I like this. This has got a lot of potential, but every time I've looked into solutions like this, like in the physical realm, you always have to like, do the math of like how much of this do I have to buy so that I'm prepared on game day because having the cool like neat little rings and, and tokens and stuff is really neat until you run out and like yeah. I needed another poison and I don't have a fourth one and... or someone two people in the party need the you know starburst spell effect mm-hmm. and you only got one in your kit and so you have to decide which player gets the cool shield effect or whatever it is and playing favorites ugh, at a table, especially when people are already kind of sensitive about screen time or whose story arc is being focused on. It's just that one more element to your game. If you're playing like a D&D game or Pathfinder or whatever that can like if it, your table's already stressed enough. Now you've got this little cool thing and you just have the one, you know, granted, usually oftentimes a player buys it for themselves and that takes care of the situation because it's their thing for their many. But like if it's a dungeon master and you have to play favorites, that's ugly. Yeah, it's a level of drama I'd rarely deal with, my friends. Well, I run a lot, a lot, a lot, and you know, when you run a lot, you can you can get drama even at your your D and D table. Although you know, lots mostly the drama is in the storyline. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty hype about a new one I have coming up. I'm I'm starting a new Thursday game, but it it will be online unfortunately. But and I'm really glad you came around in time for that transition to land because I was you were like, what is this? this swing yeah. and, and I was really worried it was just going to miss. Yeah, no, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I went right. Uh, maybe it was a, you know, it was a, a static gift uh, from from the um, the fairies of, of disruption for my birthday. They, they, they thought, <laughs> hey, you haven't had a, a crash on the show. Usually it's Ben Param. How about you get a crash for your birthday? <laughs> Boom. Birthday. Well, that about wraps us up for the day. Anything more you want to shout out to? Mm, no, but um, probably buying guide next couple weeks. We'll, yeah, we'll it'll be coming. Look into that. Yeah. All right. If you want to find more, you can find us at printyourgames.com. And until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. I'm Chris and Sarah, also known as South Mastery. And don't forget to use your screen protector.